When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back. Winning Plays Podcast. Rich Levine, Brian Robb. Be up. This is Tuesday afternoon we're having this conversation. A week from tonight, first game of the NBA season. A week from tomorrow, the first game of the Celtic season. We're getting closer, and we're going to get to our to our BetUS, uh, our lovely sponsors. We'll get to their read in a little bit. I was just perusing the props on BetUS.com. What do you think that the odds are for the Celtics to win the Eastern Conference this year? Just the East. Just, just the East. I, let's, not, let's not get too greedy, but just the East. Too, all right. Let's, let's, let's well, first, what, what, greedy, number, greedy what, number, what number do you think that they're ranked, and what is what are the odds? Okay. I think they're ranked sixth out of these teams. That would be my guess. Tied for, for fifth. Odds. Tied for fifth. Okay, so we'll give them to there. Um, I'm going to go... I'm gonna go plus one thousand. I think it's so uh, ten to one like, odds. Ten to one odds. That that's that's my guess. Just out of instinctually giving themselves a chance, but still very much a long shot. Um, that's that's how I'm going. Am I am I in the neighborhood? Is this you're you're in the neighborhood? But but well, who are they tied with? This for, is, they are tied with the they are tied with the Atlanta Hawks. So the Brooklyn Nets. And again, this is you, you can still you can still get this. So this hasn't been updated. I assume this has been updated for the Kyrie situation. You know, we, breaking this morning before we started recording, Kyrie Irving is just not going to be part of the Nets until he gets vaccinated. Apparently, right? That's until something changes in that situation. So until, until the law, the changes, law changes, or, or <laughs> until he gets vaccinated. So that um, is this a standoff, a stalemate, if you will? I mean, we'll get to that in a second. But let's go back to the odds first. Is this? Those Nets won still, despite Nets are one. The Bucks are are sex. So the Nets are even, even <laughs> money. I don't know who's taking that right now, but sure. Uh, second, the Milwaukee Bucks, three point seven five plus three seventy five makes sense. Third in the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers. That's plus eight hundred. The Miami Heat are at your plus thousand, so they are ten to one. And then the Hawks and the Celtics are sixteen to one each. To win the Eastern Ooh. Conference, I I might I might do both of those. those. Those those might be the best two bets in the conference right now. But 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 for what we're talking about here, the Boston Celtics sixteen to one. I this is not me saying that I think the Celtics are going to win the Eastern Conference, but I think at those odds, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good bet. Well, the value is there. So if you mean if you do the math there, that amounts to what a a six percent chance, a seven percent chance. They're they're giving them. You've already gone beyond my math skills. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, where this is, so we'll stop right there. But, yeah, so, I mean, if you look at, I mean, both of those teams, that's just, if everything goes right, and by everything going right for the Celtics, what does that mean? That means Jason Tatum, top five for MVP, yeah. or even higher, does that have to be top three for, like, MVP candidate to get in this, like, to get in the realistic East contender conversation, do you feel like? For me, I think first and foremost, we're just talking health. Let's call it across the board health. You're going to lose someone. You're not going to have a completely unscathed season injury-wise. 
but they need to do a little better, get a little bit luckier, stay healthier than they have uh, in the last few seasons. I think that's number one for me. But but for Tim, I think that like, I would even say, given that Jalen Brown is there, I would even say just say top 10 for Tatum. Five would be nice. You got a lot better chance. But like, you know, that I'll say I'll say top 10. If you go top 10, then the supporting cast has to be looking real good. Like we're looking, we need to get well, they to, to. Yeah, they happen to have a like, pretty decent supporting cast this year. This is what kind of right. what kind of. But those guys have to have career years. That's like we're, we're talking. Josh Richardson is going back to Miami. Schroeder's going back to OKC. Uh, Marcus Smart is going back to I don't know two or three years ago when he. Lee Smith is going back to to Vanderbilt. Yeah, <laughs> he's going back to his, his ten Pritchard game at Vanderbilt. His Bob Cousy award winning uh, on the NBA level, but no, no Payton Pritchard's going it's... back to the pro am in Orange. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, to be honest, I don't even think it even has to be that more far fetched because you look at you, we talked a little bit about about Kyrie. They so let's assume right now that Kyrie is out of the picture. You are one. Kevin Durant or James Harden injury, which by the way happens a little bit more than than, than not these days, and and is what we saw at the end of last season. They're one of those guys getting injured away from only having one star and not much of, of a supporting cast, right? Yeah. You have Milwaukee, you know, it's hard to it's hard to repeat. Like I think that they could maybe run into a little bit more trouble in the playoffs. Maybe they'd be able to coast a little bit more in the regular season just off the vibes of of that title, like as we saw the Celtics do in 09 before KG's in the injury. Um, and then for me, like, like Philadelphia, yeah, apparently, you know, Simmons is, is in back in town, uh, whether or not he's going to play, whether or not he's going to play for the Sixers remains to be seen. And then Miami, like we talked about a little bit last time, I think the Kyle Lowry trade feels a little bit like Pierce and KG to the nets in terms of where he might be, uh, at this stage of his career. So I think the two, the two up and comers, you know, like I, I would put pin my hopes on Trey Young and Jason Tatum maybe breaking out in the Eastern Conference this year. Certainly, a good value there. That's a good flyer for both those guys. But let's let's go through this a little bit deeper now. You mentioned the Simmons situation in terms of where they and how that goes with the Philly being still slotted in third, which is incredibly surprising to me, just Crazy. based on how this has happened. But first. Let's, can we just talk about this Simmons situation a little more? I know we've, we've talked about this plenty, but so he, he, he holds out for the first two or three weeks of camp, isn't talking to teammates, you know, pretty much giving everyone the, 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 the cold shoulder, it seems like. And then what do you think happens here beyond the fact of being like, oh, the, those checks are just not clearing right now. And guess what? Like Philly has you under contract for four more years. So they are not like, they have no incentive to sell low right now or sell for like nothing even close to what they think you're worth. So I don't know if I expected him to like crack this easily, or is this a situation where he's going to show up unannounced, which apparently happened. Like, can you imagine like, were you, who was the usher at the, at the Sixers arena? <laughs> like, last sir, time? Like, uh, <laughs> sir, Ben Simmons is here. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. like, he was them. But is, is this him? Is he just showing up to get paid or do you think that he's showing up now to actually, make a quote-unquote like concerted effort and to hope to get him out of there sooner than later uh i, I this does not feel like a concerted effort to play i think he i think he again and, and i wonder too like how much of what has happened has been ben simmons saying okay this is what i need this is what i want this is what i'm going to do or or rich paul saying ben just sit back and listen to me do whatever i do whatever i'm saying right now i'm in charge of you 
I know what's best. And as we've seen from time to time, it doesn't always work out best for the for players not named LeBron. Yeah, he gets he gets some good contracts, but like you know, talk to Nerlens Noel, talk to some other guys. Maybe it does, you know, Rich Rich Paul's power games in that sense don't always work out in the best possible way for the players. And maybe it got to the point where Ben Simmons is okay, like because what if he did, did he did he get the million? Did he reach million a million dollars? Yeah, I think, money? I think he missed. I think I saw a headline saying he was out at least a million dollars based on just not showing up to camp and those preseason games. Like that was, you know, the a million because he's getting. I mean, he's getting over thirty for the year, but you know, every game. I think preseason games count in terms of the the slice of the pie for the the ultimate prize there. Yeah, so I think at the very least he's going to st- want to not miss those checks anymore. And then you know we'll see. I, I have a hard time seeing him ever playing, and he and he's kind of said that still that, and that's been the vibe out there that he doesn't really intend to play for Philly again. Right. And so will that? But are they, they going to? Is he going to get paid though if he's there and not question? Like how how are they going to yeah, do that? Well, They're like, hey Ben, you can't just show up here and like refuse to go in the game. That's insubordination. We're we're still not paying you for that. Yeah, right, and that and that's a slippery slope, right? Because you can you can you can pull a muscle in the shower, right? You can slip in the shower, right, and fall. You, you can have a, a number of reasons that all of a sudden, yeah, I probably shouldn't play right now, coach. Uh, and we'll see we'll see where that goes. But like, I don't know. Is there anything for you in a in a Kyrie for Simmons deal? <laughs> Beyond the, some of the best headlines ever. I Phil, mean, I mean, Philadelphia Phil, would... doesn't have doesn't have the, the, that law in place, so Kyrie we could. Could hypothetically no. just go and play there. You you connect the dots there, and I mean it does solve some problems for both sides. Like, what do you what side do you think is would have more reason to say no? Is the way I put it. I and I think it's Philly because yeah, if you're trading Simmons, you're Kyrie's probably easily the best player you get for him. But do you want the wild card that is Kyrie Irving coming in, and this is like your last best chance to? to contend with Embiid is like, you're going to put your faith in Kyrie Irving and ignore what has happened to the last three teams he has played for. No, I think, you know, if things get super, super desperate for both sides down the line, like if we're talking midway through the season, nothing has moved, then maybe I think about it if I'm Philly. But before that, I'm not with Kyrie, not even locked in beyond this season to a contract in the NBA period. He has a player option. Then I am, I am very, very scared of, going there i'm looking for far i'm looking for the poopoo platter from elsewhere rather than kyrie irving i would certainly fear the nets a lot more i would take those even odds i think if they if they had simmons in there uh with with harden and and kd oh yeah that'd be a dream for them to have simmons because he doesn't have to do anything beyond all the little things he does do on that team like he's not gonna have to you got a bunch of guys that can create their own shot and they're not gonna be dishing out to you for threes like they can just do it themselves so yeah but but i think for it is it is a, a good move by the nets i think i would feel even i mean those those odds would be almost be more ridiculous to me if they if they didn't make this decision with Kyrie. like if they were going in and saying yeah we're gonna we're gonna let you be Kyrie. we're gonna we're, we're gonna tiptoe around you walk on eggshells around you and say yeah you know whenever you can Kyrie. you know just join join us on the road and maybe we'll figure out ways to no i i, I like i think it's a smart move by nets management to say no Either you're here or you're not, because that's a very the, the middle ground with Kyrie is very scary. And I think it doesn't matter how much talent you have on your roster; he can take you down quick if you let him. 
So I think for the Nets, it, 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 it was certainly a smart move to, to do what they did today. And it's probably the Nets learning from experience from just like looking at what happened with Kyrie here in Boston and even in Cleveland in terms of like, you know, teams understandably catering to the guy, given what he meant to those franchises at the time. And then, you know, it, it backfiring to a degree on both. And now they even, even like what, within the first few months of him signing in Brooklyn, you know, with Durant out for the year, a couple years ago, like the, the whispers were already there about just him, you know, stirring up, you know, crap or just like not doing just kind of crazy things that didn't fall in line with what the team needed out of him. And so now you reach a point where you have Harden here to protect against this to a degree. I think that's part of the reason they've probably went all in for him to say, Hey, at least we have this. We'll have two. (laughs) We have two as opposed to three, but I don't know. Where do you think Durant and Harden are on this? Are they going to give Brooklyn the green light to trade him? If this drags on more Durant than Harden, obviously. Right, right, because because they, they they came together and they're they're you know reportedly really good friends. Like, I guess it really comes down to to KD's competitiveness at some point, right? Like, like, like at some point, you would think that maybe they'd still be able to be friends, but he'd just say like, "Hey, man, I for 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 the the, the last let's say I don't know how many how many years does KD have left at the top top of his game? Like, maybe three, maybe four. Like it gets to a point where you wouldn't think he wants to sacrifice this for a friendship with a guy that he knows has no problem just burning everything down, you know. And if if anything gets a gets a kick out of out of the chaos, uh, so you would think at some point maybe he would say if you know if if there it could be a deal in place for Brooklyn and they could go to KD and say, listen, I mean let, let's just say like pie in the sky. We're not saying this will necessarily happen, but hey, we can get Ben Simmons. It means it means getting rid of Kyrie Irving. I would think that that KD is down with that. But you know, I, 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 I don't know, I don't think that I don't think that deal is going to be out there, though. No, I but think. I'm just saying, if you but, go to him already yeah, and say, hey, with, yeah, here, "Here's what we can do," if you give us the green light to 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 part with Kyrie, and again, at a certain point, uh, you would think he might be down to do that. We'll see. So, where do you think the Sixers should be in these in these power rankings here for these these odds, these bet US odds, in terms of knowing that? Even Faye Simmons even plays with them. It's like, can you even like what are the odds of an actual reconciliation here? Like three, four percent? Three, four. Yeah, I mean that that seems fair. But then again, like we've we've talked about before. Let's say it does, right? Let's say like in those the slimmest of slim odds, they they do work it out. Ben Simmons returns to the court for Philadelphia, and you get to the playoffs, and he still won't shoot. Yeah. You're right where you were. You're right, right where you were last year. So <laughs> that's where it's like if he's going to be the same guy, and he's like, and he comes back on his terms, right? He doesn't have to change. He could just hold out and pout and go through all this, and you just let him back and and allow him to go be the same Ben Simmons that you saw last season. Like they should be even lower, <laughs> right? I got. I, they're just in a in a tough spot. Like for me, I think I would. You know, like I said, so the Nets and Bucks are one two. Philly, Miami, three four. Hawks and Celtics, uh, five six. I would flop Hawks, Celtics, and Philly, Miami. All right, so you put them down that five six range. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I, would, I think I think I put them at six, and then you know then Chicago is the next closest. They're twenty to one at seven. Um, who knows? That's going to be a really interesting situation to watch. I, I mean, I don't think anyone would be surprised if they they could be you know sort of like what the Heat and Pacers have been in some past regular seasons in the Eastern Conference, just like a really tough regular season team that maybe sneaks into like a four or five seed 
just, you know, and then when it gets to the playoffs, maybe they don't quite have enough, but I think they're a really solid regular season team. And I also think by the way, that that could be the Celtics this year too. They might be a team that's just better suited for the regular season. Maybe when it gets to the playoffs, then you wonder, okay, can they handle my uh, Miami? Can they handle Philly? Can they handle Milwaukee? But like on the day to day, if they are as fired up and again, if they can stay healthy and with Emay's just, just the, the new regime in town, like that could power them for a really solid regular season. Yeah. I'm you're dead right in that. And going back to the bulls for a second, um, who've been having a really good preseason, which who the hell knows what that means, but like, they... uh, can I tell you? Yeah. That means nothing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that two, that two, no <laughs> record for the Celtics is, isn't like th- those. No, it, it, no for the Celtics, for the Celtics, okay, it matters. So this is the ball. This is just the balls. It's, it's irrelevant. Yeah. But only when the Celtics win. If they right. lose, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, yeah. yeah. Um, but did you see who's starting for the Bulls, though? Um, uh, right Lonzo Ball. Yes. Zach Levine. Uh, yes. Uh, who's starting Nikola, at shooting guard, though? Nikola Vucevic. Yep. Uh, I'm missing two others. The shooting DeMar guard. DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan. And then and there's one name that you are very familiar with from Boston, who's who's also starting. Oh, dude, yeah. they Chavante. Javante Green has put up some really nice numbers in Chicago um, as a fifth man. And who knows if he'll actually, I mean, he started in the preseason last year for the Celtics and then that lineup kind of disappeared as the season went on. But that's another one. When you look again, when you look back at it, <laughs> that would have been a great 15th guy to have here. And I'm not going to complain ten, about great, great 10th great. guy, great 10th great guy. guy to have. <laughs> and they kept, you keep car, you don't dump Carson Edwards to keep, Jason Tatum's like buddy who's giving you something. Like, do we, I know did we ever the, get? Was there ever an explanation? Not. I mean, the explanation was they were getting under the tax, and I think what happened here was it was so close to the the buzzer at the trade deadline is that the Bulls just held the Celtics front office over a barrel and said to like take the the salary that was necessary to keep them under the tax. So that was Tice, that was Javante Green. And they had to send money, a couple million dollars of both of those guys to make it work. And so the Bulls were probably like, well, we'll give you Carson Everett. They're like, no. Or if we take Carson Everett, you got to give us like $6 million or something outrageous. Like, all right, fine. Javante Green. And <laughs> I I mean, I don't know for sure that's how it happened. But just the timing wise, that's that that deal came like after the buzzer. So I think it was a situation where everything else that they may have been doing fell apart which can happen, but now you look at a year later and Carson's, you know, looking, hopefully he's looking at deals overseas right now. He got dumped by Memphis before the preseason even started. And now green is signed for cheap in Chicago and actually playing meaningful minutes there. So again, it's just a preseason. We don't know. The Celtics have plenty of wing help there. And you, you know, Neesmith, Langford, we'll get to all these guys in a little bit that are looking good, but that was a guy in terms of, you know, roles and fit that um, probably should have just held on to. No reason to just give him away for nothing. Yeah, and we've talked about this a few times, just the, how, you know, for, you know, much, I would say, like, for the, the from the net Celtics trade, right, they got all those draft picks, and, and up until, like, maybe the Kyrie trade, you know, the Celtics made a lot of smart moves, and they got lucky. And then more recently, they've made some bad moves and got unlucky on top of that. And Javante Green, you know, turning into a viable 
you know, part of, of that Chicago Bulls team would be another time where like, like not only did, did, did it make sense to keep Jason Tatum's good buddy around, but for him to then turn, like, you know, realize his potential. Cause he certainly showed some, some real potential here. It wasn't like you yeah. know, they, they were giving, getting rid of a guy that, that, that was never playing. Like it was taco or Carson. Like, again, like, did he start a few games? I know he was he like, started. he was he definitely did. He was certainly a, a part of the rotation and made an impact when he was out there. So for him to do that and become like, and he's a perfect, let's say he's a perfect fifth starter. That's a lot, but like, he is a guy <laughs> that like, if, if he is your fifth part starter, if he gets a chance to play with four guys who are much better than he is, he's going to look pretty good and can do a lot of those little things, especially defensively. So yeah, that would, that would be a bummer to, to, uh, to see him. It would be nice for Javante to see him thrive. I mean, he was a guy that remember that was just like a random summer league pickup. And he, I mean, he had a couple great dunks in the summer league and you figured that was going to be the last you ever saw of him. But like the guy really carved out a, a job, a career in the NBA. And it's great to see. It would be much better to see it happen on the Celtics. But, uh, but yeah. And you wonder like, like Danny Ainge and, and, and Zarin, like he's a good kid. So you're obviously rooting for him. But I wonder if like part of them is like, ah, like, don't get too good. You know? Oh sure, I'm sure. Anytime don't you stick it to us too like badly, right? And luckily, I mean, there really haven't been many guys like that over the years. That I mean, some guys have you know turned into something after leaving Boston, but no one who's like blossomed like super well. I feel like that that was given away. Um, Joe Johnson, I yeah. I mean, Joe Johnson. Yeah, you go way way back, but that's yeah. Luckily, not that was pre the pre age era. So but yeah, just someone to keep an eye on. Again, Javante Green has great preseasons no matter what. So it could just turn into nothing when the season starts. But um, that's a former subject to keep an eye on um, as we go forward. Um, all right, Should I go forward with a, little, with a little ad read? Yeah, let's, yeah, let, let, let's hear from uh, BetUS. And let me say, listen up, sports bettors. This is Winning Plays podcast here to tell you about our favorite sports book. That's BetUS. Football is back. It's time to get in on the action. We only endorse one sports book. That is BetUS.com. If you're asking why, that's because BetUS has been America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity. You need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, all kinds of crazy bets. They will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS. If you join now, check out the offers and you can get up to a 200%. It's 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody beats that. Uh, we bet at BetUS and so should you. That's BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. Enter BSJ when you sign up at BetUS.com for a special bonus. BetUS.com, where the game begins. And the game's going to begin next week, like I said, B-Rub. Um, that's hard. It's really, I guess it feels a little hard to believe, but no, 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 we're in the, we're getting in the flow. Like we've seen them. We've seen the Celtics at the garden twice. Now the undefeated Boston Celtics, uh, undefeated era. You may president Brad Stevens. I'll tell you who's excited about these Celtics. The people in the crowd at these preseason games. Holy crap. This was, this was like borderline, like would be, electric crowds for a regular season, regular season game like anywhere else for in the third or fourth quarter of these games when you know jabari parker and hernan gomez are trying to hold off uh uh valiant comebacks against the raptors it was it's nuts and i don't know if it's just people being excited about this team or i think people being excited to be back in the building because in boston for the really celtics and bruins games last year they were really not allowed into the playoffs essentially at a at a full capacity so 
and whatever it's, it is, it's, it's full capacity. now. It's full capacity now. And you know, the, the, the Saturday night game at the garden was, you know, I'd say probably 80, 90% full for a preseason game. So wow. it's a situation where I, we look at last year and the struggles of last year. I do wonder if you kind of underrate from a Celtics perspective, how much is having no crowd at those home games hurt them? Because the juice there, it, it is like, you mean, if, you mean, you just notice it as, you know, as a member of the media, but I'm sure for the players, like the guys that are, you know, Cam's talked about how much, you know, he loves just playing in front of a crowd period. So I wonder how much of that will translate into how they look at it, at least at home this year. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Where where do they have uh, the media sitting? Are you guys are you back in your in the in the corner there? Or, or... Yep, same spot in the wedge. It's pretty much the same. Like, there's no like we're wearing masks. That's the that's the precaution for us. But we're all still next to each other. There's no other really uh, differences it, from pre-COVID. Does there still uh, media dining? Is they give the giving food? Yep. Or are they media dining? Is that's all there? Media room, media dining. That's the only place you can take off your mask. Obviously, is when you're sitting at the table and eating. Um, and I will say that they won't let anyone down there that's unvaccinated. Like you have to, to be in the the media, like in the in-person part of the the stuff. You have to, so you feel a little bit better out of that. But yeah, it's um it's kind of the same old story down there, except for everyone's wearing masks, obviously. Is Josh Richardson allowed in? I've not seen Josh in the area yet. No. Um, we'll see if he. I imagine that he's going to be stuck in his hotel room a lot on the road yeah. they're down in florida right now it's he, he doing, was doing his doing he, his research in his hotel room he was asked about a team dinner and he was kind of like because they, they talked about it last week and someone asked oh did you what do you think of the team dinner? He's like oh i actually wasn't able to make it and it was like okay well that's you weren't able to make it unfortunately because you weren't allowed to make it um right. so so I, by the way we're we're given how it's played out with Jalen and that they do see, it does seem that he's going to be back. We can assume that, that he's vaccinated. Yes. He's hundred percent vaccinated because if you're coming back within 10 days, you're vaccinated per the, it was the same thing Emi Adoka did when he had, he quarantined for 10 days. Thing that that and like two negative tests, you're back. So Jalen never addressed it head on, but just the way he's coming back from this pretty much. And the others wouldn't confirm it on the record, but, um, I think it's it's pretty clear cut that this timetable means he's he's vaccinated. And I mean, good news for them. No one else on the team have periods have gotten it. They're you know we're five six days out now from when um, Jalen found out, and so that's again hopefully another positive sign in terms of those who are being vaccinated. You know, you know, making sure this doesn't spread when it when it does break through. All right, cool. So what do, what do, what do you think? What do you want to? Because I figure we'll get. We'll get one more episode in the beginning of next week for sure, right? Wednesday, Wednesday night is the is the game. Yeah, yeah Wednesday, Friday game, uh, Orlando, Miami. But I don't know. There's going to be so Jalen obviously is going to be out for these games coming up, which means some extended looks at the wings. Romeo Langford got the start on um, on Saturday night and looked pretty good. Was knocking down threes. Um, this was after he only played the fourth quarter in game one. So I mean, between him. And Neesmith and Josh Richardson, it's going to be some really interesting decisions for Emi Odoka out of the gate in terms of who, whether he wants to lean towards the young developing guys or give a more proven guy like Richardson some experience out of the gate. I know, is it fair to say you're not team Richardson in terms of the playing time 
with those guys or is it more shrewd? Yeah, no, I would, I just don't know how necessarily counted on he, he, he can be given, given the, the circumstances I would, and especially with what you potentially can gain with the youngsters and Neesmith and, and Langford, um, in terms of just, just big picture, I, I would love, love to see those two guys get th- the first chance. I mean, if, if Romeo was hitting three pointers, it's a wholly, totally different conversation than what we've ha- been having since the day he was drafted. I mean, first of all, to have him actually healthy enough to play consistently is, is a well, big, that's, that's is step a big one right there. <laughs> but like, if, if he is on the court and actually hitting three pointers, like with what he can do defensively, I mean that's that that that's a game changer, and I I already believe in in Neesmith's ability to 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 score the ball to be a, a consistent shooter. So yeah, get, like I would love to I would love to, for that for that depth to go. Uh, in my mind, Neesmith, Romeo, uh, Richardson. Do you think that they're gonna? Would you like to see them go like super small off the bench and play one of those guys at like the four, and just play three or four guards at a time with? you know, with Al or Rob or something like that, and just have that be a look to make sure all those guys get to play? Or would you rather see, you know, Grant Williams out there at the four? Or yeah. So you know, how, how many how many, minutes, Gomez? how many minutes per game will there be zero Jays on the floor? Zero? You would hope zero, to yeah. be honest. If I think, and Udoka's talked about just wanting to staggering those guys to like, you know, play with their strengths. So if you look at, I mean, you can pretty easily maneuver that if you... You know, Brad liked to win with the early rest for Tatum in these games, but maybe I mean the, we haven't really seen what his full rotations plan are yet. But I would was think that, was that pre-COVID too? Did he did he do that? He did that a lot for the last two years. So the pre okay. and post-COVID, just like get him out, and then so he can come back in the second quarter and carry, you know, the uh, lackluster second unit, which worked two years ago, did not work last year. Um, after the first twenty games or so, when things went went south there, so. I mean, this now this year they have all this, you know, potential experience and offensive potential coming off your bench. I kind of want to see them all out there together, especially if you can, you know, if you have someone down. I mean, I guess I'll put it this way. I'd rather see Langford and Neesmith getting more time than like you going big with like Grant Williams and Cantor and one of those guys getting yes. squeezed out. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sort of. And I know Grant's had a had a solid preseason. I know he's 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 lost some weight. I don't know. So here's a question. That that's the thing I, I hear a lot of people talking about when they talk about the positives or why this might be this year might be different for Grant Williams. So his, the fact that he did lose that weight, in what ways is that going to benefit him? That he can maybe guard some some smaller guys. I think because I thought the idea was that he could maybe guard up a little bit. Right. And I think honestly, what happened? Guard Kevin Durant is that what he's trying <laughs> yeah. to do? If he gets on stilts, maybe. I mean, it's. He had the, I think, one of the highest per 36 foul rates in the NBA last season, period. And so that's the problem. So that wasn't an issue as much in year one. It got really bad last year in terms of, like, they were in the penalty, you know, two minutes into whenever he was in the game. And so now if maybe, I guess the thing is he can move better, stick on switches more. They're doing a ton of switching, obviously, defensively now. Sure. And so that... If, if he can do that, because no one else, none of the other bigs you really trust to do that yet. Like Al used to be able to do that, but not so much now. I mean, he can, he can hold his own, but he's not going to, he's going to get blown by by cards. Rob and Cantor, we know where they stand on that front. So Rob's Grant's- getting better. He's still not there, but he did look a little bit better against he's- Toronto, I thought. And, and, and very short glimpses, uh, but not enough to really, to really think that <laughs> it's going to be a reality yet. But he showed more than I'd seen. 
I agree. Like, I mean, because he's always going to get a couple of those jump shots every game. But then the problem is what happens in the three other plays in between those jump shots where, you know, he doesn't get out there fast enough or just gets blown by. But you're right. I think if you can make strides there and just really hone in on him things defensively, then that could be big. But it does it does seem like an out in the other subplot here is like, you know, the, the, the double big lineup or Al and Rob going to start together to begin the year. We saw that Saturday night. Al Horford was asked point blank, do you want to start? He was like, I'm not going to lie. Yes. And so do, is that going to happen? Or are you, are you catering to Al Horford's feelings here? Or is, is Al Horford only going to be here for one year anyway? So like, sorry, Al, you're coming off the bench. If, because uh, it make, works just as well that way, if we can start, you know, a random guy, maybe Neesmith or whoever has our fifth man or Langford. Yeah, it's the, the way you may have been talking, it kind of seems like Al is going to get the start, start the year, right? I think so. I don't know. That, that, that just, it just just seems that. Again, they've been messing with it, obviously, in the preseason a little bit. But, like, uh, everything seems to be pointing. And especially for Al to, to say that to say that he wants to start. And I don't think they would make any decision like that just to keep Al happy. That would that would be crazy if it's not what's best for the team. Um, but it's fun. I'm just looking. Dennis Schroeder, 80 to 1, sixth man of the year. Wow. Too much competition. Too much competition off the bench. You're right. That's pretty, pretty good value there for a guy who won the award two years ago. Yeah. Um, What do you think the odds are on uh, on Jason Tatum winning the scoring title? Say forty to one. Twelve to one. Twelve to one. That's exciting, huh? All right. I mean, he's uh, eighth. That's uh, that's eighth overall. Well, you don't Um, have to fight Campbell for shots anymore. Like you're gonna get that volume's (laughs) gotta go somewhere, and. We'll see if Marcus Smart at point guard, you know, if he keeps that shot total down to eight or nine per game, then those are all those attempts are probably going to Tatum. Right. So, and you look, so what, what, what did he finish at last year? Was it 26? Yeah, I think 26. And right. so let's say he averaged 26 points again. I'm going to have it up in one second here. Uh, 26.4. And Maybe it's is it crazy to 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 assume or or to at least hope that he will get four more foul shots again? I think four. Yeah, like that. It's ambitious. Yeah, I mean, but it, yeah, if you if, if but that's he, how close he is to thirty points again. You're right. If you just even if you add two there and then you add you know two or three another bucket per game, anywhere, yeah, yeah, like you can get there pretty easily if he's. I think the worry, the worry of that for me. If if you're if you're betting on something like that, is our team just going to take him away? Are they going to just throw doubles at him everywhere, and he's going to make the right play, especially with so many questionable shooters around him on this team? And that and that where the question is: if guys, if Neesmith, if Langford, if all these guys can start hitting these open threes consistently, and then that's when defenses have to think twice about making that kind of a decision. Yeah, I think I think we we we, we talked about it that and, and when we had the first conversation, I, Romeo was definitely not on the list of potential uh, three point threats that the Celtics had. But if you if you can get three of four, Neesmith, Romeo, because I think Richardson was oh, in there too. So yeah. Let's say five, well, three, three and you can put, five. Don't forget about Pritchard too. Like Pritchard, oh, can, yeah, Pritchard and Al, Pritchard right. and Al. If if those if if Pritchard and Al can 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 hit somewhere in the high thirties, if they can approach forty percent. Um, and Neesmith and, 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 and Lankford can be in the high 30s. Let's say for Lankford, let's even say mid 30s. Like that could be enough. Yeah. And I th- that's, you just need to find like one of those guys just need to have a year, whether it's Schroeder, Neesmith, Lankford, Richardson, 
if one of those guys, like you said, gets into that upper 30 range on, on solid volume. So like you said, they can be in that closeout lineup with Jalen Horford and we'll say Pritchard for offense. Like I, he's not going to be out there for defense, obviously, but you could get him in those spots late. Then that's, that's a lineup that's really tough to defend and tough to leave anyone at the perimeter and could give Tatum those opportunities. And Schroeder only has one season where he took at least five three-pointers a game. That was his 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 second season in OKC and shot 38%, 38-5. So, I mean, so that, sure. that's, it really is an aberration when you look at the rest of his, his seasons. But, like, right. that one year, it, it, for, for 65 games, playing 30 minutes a night, averaging 18.9 a night, like, he did it. And he's and by and, the way, he's a he's a mid eighties foul shooter as well. Dennis yeah, Schroeder. no, he for, gets, for me that's, that's always your, inspiring. That's exactly like that's a really good point because that's that's the best chance for someone else on this team to get to the line after Tatum and and Brown is is him because he's he can get the separation. He doesn't have the size down there, but he can get to the rim and create some contact. Like you said, he can he can finish it. And given that his role here, he'll be off the ball a lot, like he was in OKC. I feel like that you know if you'll see if that catch and shoot you know, kind of translate with the, the higher volume that he, he may or may not be getting here. Yeah. He, he, he got to the line even last year in the Lakers, like playing, playing with that roster, he got to the line four, four times a game, which would have been, you know, pretty easily third, the third best on the, on the Celtics and pretty close to, to, to Jalen at, uh, you know, Jalen was 4.3 and, and Schroeder was, uh, was 4.0. Um, it's so, yeah. But yeah, we'll see if we see him this preseason. He was out with a knee injury uh, in game two, but he supposedly made the trip down to Florida. So we'll see if he gets at least into one of these last two games before this group gets ready for the New York Knicks, Madison Square Garden, a week from Wednesday. Are you going? Be, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there in right. person. Um, Matt's live will have two, 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 both of us will be in the house for make the train trip down. And, um, together it'll be yeah we'll be um, i'll tell you what train prices are have dropped incredibly during the pandemic no one's okay. no, no one's doing business travel anymore it seems like or that's my guess and so um really easy to get a train ticket down there if you're if you're thinking about getting in the building but you do have to be vaccinated to get into msg so um how long would it take to take a train from los angeles to to msg <laughs> To Penn Station. Oh my! I better leave I now. Think, we got yeah, a week. Yeah, you, got, you got a week. I think you can do it in a week. You should leave by Friday. And I'm going to do it but, from hopping trains. I'm not going to actually book a ticket. I'm just going to ride in freights. I think that's the way to do it these days. That'll be an excellent follow up for the for next week's pod. Um, Riches travels from the uh, as a stowaway. But in the meantime, follow us at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter. Uh, follow Rich at Rich underscore Levine. I'm at Brian T. Rob. Give us a rate, review, subscribe to the Winning Place Pod. Spread the word. We're going to be doing plenty of these as the season goes on as we get ready for the opener. And what should be um, a pretty interesting race in the Eastern Conference as the Kyrie and Ben Simmons subplots continue. So <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs>